Based in Canberra, Australia, Dr. Kate Grarock, pronouns she, her, is an ecologist with bush blitz and a hiking enthusiast who has created a YouTube channel dedicated to this passion of hers. From a young age, hiking has always been a massive part of Kate's life as both a place to direct her energy as well as a mindful practice that immerses her in the natural world. We caught up to talk all about hiking and how important it can be as an activity that helps people connect with nature around them. Welcome, Kate. Hello and welcome to It's a Wildlife podcast and blog sharing the great work being done for wildlife conservation worldwide and solving problems for ecologists by ecologists. If you're a fellow wildlifer, whether you're just starting out or you've been about the traps for a while, tune in and let's chat. You're in the right place. So I'm Kate Grarock. I work for a program called Bush Blitz. It's a species discovery program. We travel all around Australia looking for new species of plants and animals. And I guess the vibe there is if you don't know a species exists, you can't protect it, you can't look after it. And then in addition to that, some of the species we've found in the past have amazing chemicals that they use for, say, I don't know, breast cancer treatment and those sorts of things. So there is a sort of a, an additional benefit to knowing where these animals and plants live. So yeah, I've, I've been doing that for, I think it's about five years now. It's sort of time flies when you're <laughs> having fun. Before that, I took a bit of an unlikely path, I guess, to being a scientist. So yeah, I grew up in a small country town and in year 12, I got glandular fever. And so couldn't finish year 12. And then, you know, I was always, always going to go to uni in Adelaide, but then I was like, oh, I'd have to repeat a year to go to uni. And I don't know, I think it was my pride or something. I was like, nah, I'm going to join the Navy. And so that, I don't know, seemed like a good idea at the time. And it, it was all right. I did it for five years and got to see some interesting places. But ultimately, like my love of nature and environmental science won out. And so I left the Navy and went and did an undergrad in environmental science at Wollongong Uni. And that was a really lovely um, campus to be at. And then got a job in Canberra with the environment department. And I was like, yes, finally, I've got my enviro job. And But it was a very like, you know, public servant, book heavy. Um, you know, I had no interaction with the environment besides, you know, writing about it and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that's not my dream job. And so I went back to uni and did my PhD. So I became, I guess, Dr. Kate. And then from there, I sort of landed a job working at a sanctuary. And then after that, I've ended up at Bush Blitz. So yeah, finally got out in the field. Certainly young people or other people looking at getting into an environmental world. I just sort of talk about the trial and error of, you know, like that first enviro job wasn't what I wanted <laughs> when I thought, oh, I finally got my enviro job, but a bit of trial and error and find your way and work out how much field work you want versus how much working, writing and that sort of stuff that you want. So finding that balance was nice. Absolutely. And I mean, for so many people, I think that trial and error really characterizes their entire journey through in conservation absolutely and I'm still like I'm still like what am I going to do next you know like and I'm you know 40 something now and it's like oh well probably growing up what am I going to be when I grow up I don't know (laughs) (laughs) but isn't it such a wonderful space I guess for so many people you're focused on the destination through your whole life and as you just said, you're still working out what you want to do still working it out, yep. to a degree. Like it doesn't mean you're not loving every day, but you can still keep growing and expanding and developing every single day through your career. It doesn't have to become stagnant. Yeah. And that, that's anywhere too long. It would start to be a bit like, oh, well, what's next, you know? So yeah, it's fun. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. So much that I want to jump right into. But did you want to talk a little bit about how you became a doctor first and what your PhD thesis was all about? Yeah, doing this job that I didn't like in the environment world, I, I met my PhD supervisor through that. So I guess, you know, everything has a, a reason. And, and he was like, if you ever want to do a PhD, give me an email. And I was like, oh, that's a bit nice. And I'd never thought about doing a PhD because I think reading and writing has never come that easy to me. Um, like I definitely, I know I'm, you know, intelligent, but not academic writing has always been a struggle for me. I did well at uni just because I applied the heck out of myself, but you know, PhD always seemed a little bit out of reach. And so I guess eventually I got fed up enough with that job that I was like, okay, I'm going to email him. And then, yeah, he's like, here's two projects, well-funded, well-supported, which one do you want? And I'm like, oh Jesus, that was easy. (laughs) And yeah, so off I went and did that. And it almost paid like at the time, because I guess I was a graduate with the environment department. It was almost the same money. So I was like, okay, well, it's a no-brainer, let's do it. And it was beautiful. Someone said to me right at the start of my PhD, and I'm so glad they did, they said, enjoy this moment because never again in your life will you have this absolute focus on this one area and you know while PhD is challenging and you know tears and (laughs) joy and it was just beautiful to realize that it was such a special moment so yeah my project was on uh, the common minor or the Indian minor so it's like an introduced species here in Australia and there was a lot of concern that they compete for nest hollows with our native species so one area that I've always been really interested in is like hollows in trees and I think there's something like 350 different species that rely on hollows for nesting, like our possums, our birds. And so in Australia, we don't have woodpeckers. And so we don't have, you know, this process of creation of these hollows. And so they rely on rotten decay. And so that takes years. And some of these hollows need to be like 200 years old. And then you know, we're building suburbs, we're knocking down trees left, right and centre and there's a real limiting resource. So I found that whole area of looking at the hollows and who was using them and was there an interaction, was there competition between this bird? I found that really interesting, yeah. It is a really magical process being able to like 100% throw yourself into a project like that. Yeah, it was special. And like being in the the working world now, you know, you do little projects but then you're still, you know, you're you're managing this project and that project and there's just so many competing priorities and yeah it's so special 100% and did you want to talk as well about your current role with the bush blitz yeah it's a pretty crazy project so I guess I didn't know much about it before I applied for the job you know you start to research and you're like wow this looks pretty cool and so yeah we have a central team here in Canberra and we basically plan and make these trips happen and so we basically say we're going to Queensland we'll talk to the Queensland taxonomist there so we'll talk to people from the herbarium in Queensland we'll talk to special taxonomists in Queensland I said, hey, do you want to come on this trip? And normally they're like, yes, because, you know, it's fully funded field work that's sort of well supported and they just have such a good vibe. So whichever state it is, we sort of talk to the, the local scientists in that state and get them to come out and say they haven't got a spider expert, we'll bring one in from, say, New South Wales to come and help with us. And, yeah, we rock up in an area for about two weeks. Um, we work with local land managers and traditional owners and get everyone out there together and um, you know a team of about 15 scientists we also have teachers that sometimes come out with us so they um, teach back to their students back home so it's this really beautiful mix of different people and my favorite thing is like you know some of these taxonomists are so focused on this such a strange little organism that you've never even like I'd never even heard of as a scientist and but I love to say, like, people are always good company when they're doing something they love. And, you know, this, this you know, scientist, she's looking at something that 
she spent a career learning about this tiny microscopic worm or and then they, they share that knowledge with you and oh it's just amazing and it always blows my mind because you know as an ecologist I think oh yeah I know a fair bit about nature but I know nothing about nature when it comes to like talking to those people and there's always so much more to learn and yeah that, that's the the most fun part of my job I think is just being out there with the scientists and learning from them. Amazing amazing it sounds like you've always had that huge passion for I guess being in the field. A lot of people might actually know about you because of your passion for hiking and nature-based activities. Did you want to talk a little bit about the importance of those things for you and maybe where that came from? Yeah, I mean, like, I guess as a family, we always sort of went camping and those sorts of things. And so it was just something that I love that we did. And I've always been into hiking and getting outdoors. And yeah, mum always supported me when I was a young pup. And yeah, well, she she died when I was 19, which was obviously really hard and sad. But I, I really found that nature was a huge safety net for me. It was this really beautiful way for me to I guess, process the sadness of losing my mum, but also feeling connected with her because we spent a lot of time there. So since then, I've just realised how important nature is to me. You know, like I always thought hiking's fun, it's great, you know, challenging, da-da-da-da-da, but realising that it is also this beautiful spiritual connection. I don't know how you'd describe it, but just this lovely outlet that I have that's always sort of going to be there for me to, you know, if I've had a hard week or whatever happens, I can always go for a hike and, and feel nice again. So, yeah, from that, I guess... I think it was our first lockdowns here in Australia and I was feeling a bit twitchy because we couldn't go hiking and I went and looked at an old like videos and photos that I'd taken of a hike I did which is like a 700k hike from Sydney down the New South Wales coast to Victorian border and I put that together and put it on YouTube and I was always a bit scared to do that I think because I thought there'd be a lot of like oh what are you doing like just you know people being weird on the internet but um, yeah, got a lot of love and support. And so then from there, I just thought, oh, well, I may as well just film myself whenever I go hiking and chuck it on YouTube. And that also gave me just this really beautiful joy of sharing that experience with people. And then other people coming back to me and being like, oh my God, you've inspired me to get back into hiking. Or, you know, like I do a few videos where I talk about gear and, you know, how to do things. And the positive feedback from them has just really spurred me on to just to keep making videos, which, yeah, I love making the hiking videos. Absolutely. I mean, I'm very sorry to hear about your mom, but it's amazing that you've been able to channel this circumstance into something that's become so grounding and so inspiring for you. Absolutely. And just, you know, I've, I've relied on hiking many times throughout my life, I guess, not just from when my mum died, but you know, I was having a rough time in an old workplace and a mate actually said, come hiking with me. Come on, you've got to get out. Because I was just stressed about work and he, and he took me out and poof, it just melted away that you know the anxiety I haven't done this I haven't done that oh you know the pressures and and I was just like it doesn't matter like you know I'm out here I'm enjoying it you're stepping outside your regular life and and you realize you know you're only one person and you can't get everything done and I love feeling small I love looking at the stars and just thinking like whoa I'm this tiny speck of dirt I love the appreciation for you know your regular life once you come back from an experience like that you know like you're grubby you've had to like hike down to the creek to get water you've got to boil it you haven't had a shower you know when you get home you see your loved ones and you have a shower and hot water comes out of the tap it's just you know lovely absolutely I love what you said about really getting that appreciation in place for nature and for I guess even the simplest things 
in your own life back home. I think a lot of, I guess, environmental problems that we have in this world, you know, the loss of biodiversity, climate change, those kind of global problems often stem from a lack of connection between people and the places that they're in. Do you think that hiking is a really good way to help people reconnect with the natural world around them? Absolutely. And and that's sort of an area that I'm hoping, I guess, to move more into with the YouTube channel is if we don't go out there into these places and experience them, we don't value them, we don't look after them, we don't work hard to protect them. And <clears throat> another big thing that I guess I'm realising more and more, and maybe as I get a little bit older, but hiking for me used to be like hardcore slogging, like flat out, you know, 30, 40 Ks a day. And, you know, I'm realizing a lot more that, you know, it can just be a stroll up on the, the nature reserve and that that could be your way of interacting with it. It doesn't have to be this crazy hardcore pushing everything to the limits way, you know, just walking through your neighborhood, you can still get that appreciation. So absolutely. Yeah. I, I'd love to work more in I mean, I guess I am with the YouTube channel, inspiring people, getting people to connect with nature in whatever way that is for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. While we're on the topic of your YouTube channel, do you want to tell us and tell the listeners a little bit about sort of what it's at and maybe where you'd like to see it go? Yeah, oh, who knows? Um, yeah, I'm really excited. I haven't actually, <laughs> I haven't done a video for a while, unfortunately, because my, my partner and I have just had a a beautiful baby girl. So life's pretty hectic. So I'm hoping to get out there again pretty soon. But yeah, the channel, I guess at first it was just me sharing cool like hikes that I did with my friends and family. And then now it's sort of grown a lot bigger than that. And yeah, those comments, it, it, that's what keeps me doing it. Because, you know, sometimes it is easy just to go for a hike and not film everything. But I think it's those beautiful comments of people being like, oh, I used to hike or wow, I had no idea. Because I'm a, I'm a huge, passionate person of ultralight hiking. And I think in Australia, we're so certainly getting there in the ultralight world but in the past we used to you know 20 kilo packs and it's just miserable you know but it doesn't have to be that heavy it doesn't have to be that hard and you know the joy of just having an eight kilo pack and like you know skipping along and setting up camp and still being perfectly warm and safe and dry and I like to promote that and certainly now I'm, I'm still doing some pretty crazy hikes but every now and again you know I just enjoy like a five or 10k hike from the car and just set up camp and I guess much more approachable you don't have to be some crazy expert that can navigate like so yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying all the aspects of hiking I guess and I think it's my partner she's really encouraged me like why do we have to bush bash all day <laughs> can't we just like sit at the top of a cliff and have a glass of wine and watch the sunset and I'm like okay and I'm actually really enjoying that so yeah it's nice to have those different levels of hiking in there as well so, and yeah just just basic stuff on the channel that you know some of my friends as guys been the biggest influence to me there oh, I'd love to see a video on how do you go to the toilet outdoors and I'm like well that's a bit weird one but okay yeah and then <clears throat> or how do you light a fire or just some of those basic how-to videos are a bit of fun as well yeah 100% well congratulations on your new baby girl but also fantastic to see that you've got I guess something for everyone up there because so often I think when we come from a space where we've just been doing it our whole lives, it doesn't even strike you that other people might be completely put off the entire experience of hiking simply because they just think they couldn't hold going to the bathroom for 24 hours or something crazy like that. Like that might be a barrier and you can break it down in a very simple and <laughs> probably quite funny video. <laughs> Yeah. Working in my old job, I remember we I worked in a sanctuary. It was right next to a nature reserve. And one day I had to go and talk to like one of the people that lived there. And I knocked on the door and I said, oh, blah, blah, blah. 
have you ever been in there? Like, you know, and they're like, oh, we've never been in there because we're scared of snakes. And I'm like, wow, like that's another video I definitely want to do is like, I guess debunking the scariness of snakes. And statistically, you're more in danger when you're driving to the walk than getting bitten by a snake. I guess it's just a wake up to me to realize that there's these small limiting factors sometimes for people. And man, if I can do one little thing to make it easier or help someone experience nature the way and get as much out of it as I get, uh, that's just magic, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think something that really strikes me as just quite powerful was hearing you say that it was the fear of those comments that put you off starting the entire channel in the first place. But it's actually those comments that keep pushing you to keep producing content. Actually, your biggest fear turned out to be the biggest motivation for continuing to do what you do. So true. Hey, it's weird, isn't it? And and honestly, they really haven't been. I mean, maybe my channel's not big enough yet to get all the negos, but I've never looked at it that way. That was the thing that was putting me off and now it's actually the thing that's inspiring me the most yeah for people who are interested in going out and maybe starting some hikes could you point them in the right direction for how they could sort of take the first steps quite literally yeah well I mean for me I think is always don't bite off more than you can chew you know that's that's the main thing is like start small start really small um there's some really good like hiking groups around that you could sort of pair up with. Some of them even have like gear libraries that you can borrow their gear. Some of these groups are actually pretty cheap. Like you can do the whole like intense paid sort of toury thing, but they can get pretty expensive. I think, yeah, definitely hiking with someone who has a bit of knowledge would be useful at first. But then, yeah, just not trying to do your 30K hike, you know, just find one that's nice and short. And I'm a huge fan of these days of just like modifying hikes a bit, you know, like say like there's a hike down the coast, the light to light. I think it is and it's a 30k hike but my favorite way of doing it is just doing 20ks of it so you just do like 10ks and 10ks and just don't do the other 10 Um, but it just makes it such a more enjoyable you know you can take your time I think that's what I'm enjoying more is instead of just powering along the track you know you stop and you look at those beautiful flowers or you watch the dolphins but yeah I think just start small I mean there's a lot of information on YouTube which can be super helpful but they can also be quite opinionated like I, I love ultralight hiking and all my gear you know it does cost a bit of money so if you're a new hiker you don't want to buy that stuff that I've got because you might use it twice and be like yeah hiking's not for me (laughs) maybe you're a day hiker not an overnight hiker you know I don't know I guess you can watch a lot of YouTube and and get the vibe of different people and be like yeah I kind of like that idea I like this idea and that's sort of what I've done is like cherry pick information from different people and yeah I think that's the main way to do it. Absolutely. And have you done much traveling to go hiking in other places or has it mostly been around the areas you've been based? I've done a fair bit in Australia. That's one thing that's kind of a bit different maybe about my channel because a lot of people do love to rack up a few overseas hikes. So obviously my job, I'm going all around Australia and what I try to do <laughs> is sneak a hike in. So yeah, I've done a, a couple in well, WA, I've done Larapinta in Central Australia and um, Jack Buller Trail is a gorgeous one up near um, Catherine Gorge. I haven't really done much in Tassie, unfortunately. I've got to pull my finger out and do that. But yeah, I I get around a fair bit, but I guess, yeah, now being a mum, I'm (laughs) a little bit more sedentary and I'm excited to actually get get out hiking with Elsie and um, my baby. So 
that's the that's the new range of gear that I have to <laughs> acquire all the carriers and the tents and all that stuff. Might not be quite so ultra light anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no. I bought like this fancy baby carrier that's like three kilos on its own and I'm like, oh and then my baby at the moment she weighs like eight kilos and eight kilos is normally the weight of my backpack, like fully loaded. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh God. Fair enough. And so Maybe with baby, maybe without. Do you have a little bit of a bucket list of hikes that you think would just be phenomenal to tackle at some point in the future? There's always, there's always a list. So for me, I really love those long multi-day walks. So I would love to do the Bibbleman track, which is in WA, a thousand Ks in the wildflower season, because that's a biodiversity hotspot down there in the southwest corner of WA. And that would take like a, a month or more, fair while. I'd love to do that. But Maybe I have to wait till my daughter's a little bit bigger and I can take her with me. <laughs> and then there's one, the Heisen Trail in South Australia. I wouldn't mind doing that one either. That's a, a 1,200 kilometres. But, yeah, there's um, I, I'd love to spend like a few months in Tassie doing all those trails because it's just like I just look at all the photos from Tasmania and it just looks next level again. So I think they're the main ones. Oh, I've, st- I've got a few things I need to tick off. Like I've been pack rafting the Shoalhaven River. So that's this beautiful little river here near Canberra. It's about 300 kilometres and I've done about maybe a third of it. Like I've probably done the hardest parts of it. I've just got to get back out there and tick off. So I just love to do that whole river. That'll be cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just incredible to hear you um, suggesting so many exceptionally long hikes. Do you find it challenging to sort of balance those sort of hiking schedules that require such long time periods with, I guess, the rest of life that has to be put on pause while you're out there in the bush? Yeah, look, who knows if I'll get to those long trails now that I'm a mum, but that's one thing, like taking positives from negatives. When my mum died, I realised that not everyone gets 86 years of life, you know, and, and while that was terribly sad for her dying at 46, I, I guess it gave me a kick up the bum to realise, yeah, work's going to wait, like take two months off, like take a month off. You know, we're not that important. <laughs> and I guess I've just been lucky enough in the past to have works that have allowed that. I haven't had to like quit my job and then go off. Yeah, I think life's short, so you just kind of got to do it sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're out there on your own and you're hiking along for days at a time, What's going through your head? What kind of a mindset do you have to have to get you through those times? And do you find yourself talking out loud? Look, I talk out loud at the best of times, even when I'm in my backyard, like just mowing the lawn. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, 25 days or so on my own, I'm yeah pretty chatty. I guess there's a whole myriad of things. It's strange when you're on your own, you don't have anyone to share the beauty with like the joy and the happy but you also don't have anyone to share that load with like hmm I don't know where we're going uh, there's meant to be a campsite here this is all overgrown what should we do there's no one to help with that thinking so there is a definitely a, a mental load of hiking solo but there's also something completely liberating and empowering about it you know like doing that 700k hike down the south coast of New South Wales I remember getting back and I was still in the sort of a stressful job and I remember being in a meeting and someone was annoying me and I was just like, yeah, they couldn't hike 700 Ks. <laughs> and I know it just sort of gave me this internal strength, I guess. Like, But yeah, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts and like audio books when I'm out there, to be honest, because yeah, like, you know, sometimes it gets dark at four o'clock at night or five o'clock at night and you're like, what am I going to do for a couple of hours? And yeah, it, it's a fun experience though. And do you find that the hiking has almost expanded your passion for nature into more and more 
quirky and colourful things that you encounter on these trails. Absolutely, yeah. It's sort of, you know, you're immersed in it, especially like hiking. Like I do a lot of hiking in this general area and seeing the changes, that's that's something that I find incredible, just even the seasons. So suddenly, boom, it's wildflower season, there's everything out or, you know, the dead of winter or the different seasons going back to the same place is actually quite beautiful and getting to know it through the different seasons and the different droughts or you know even now with the fires as as tragic as they were you know there's parts that I went out to after that and the orchids were just mental like I was suddenly walking and I'm like holy cow I am absolutely surrounded by orchids and I need to just back away slowly and and not crush these orchids so I do love being in nature and and noticing and trying to understand and, and, and learning. Every trip I learn, I'll be like, what is that flower? And I'll go back and I'll like, you know, Google it and try and look it up and work out what it is. And I think it's that forever learning that's interesting and fun. I think it's really empowering for people to hear that what started off as a real energetic outlet, like a power through nature and really challenge yourself to conquer these sort of extreme hikes can absolutely also be, or in your case, merge into this sort of really mindful and slow practice of being able to appreciate and acknowledge the beauty of the natural world around you. Absolutely. And I honestly wonder how much nature I was absorbing back in the day when I was you know, pounding out the big Ks. And it is lovely, I guess, in my older years to... <laughs> To stop and smell the roses, I guess, a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Stop and smell the orchids, in your case. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, I'm getting into all that. There's this book, Tracks of Traces um, by Barbara Triggs, and it's like, you know, like you you see the footprints and you, you know, oh, that's a wombat or that's a goanna, and I'm loving learning that. And, you know, you look at the scat and you can be like, oh, that's a a possum poo, and I know that that's been there, and you can just – being able to recreate in your mind what's going on by just looking at footprints that an animal's left behind or the scratching on a tree is, I find that just so incredible. And, I'm, you know, I'm only scratching the surface myself and learning that stuff. But on the other thing, like bush foods, I'm loving learning more and more about, you know, the traditional knowledge of plants and how they've been used for like 60,000 years. It's just, oh, it's just so much to learn. It is absolutely and such an empowering process when you're going out into nature and you're really observing, tuning in to how you could ultimately survive out there for long periods of time. Put your problems aside, you can leave them behind and add a completely new level of perspective to life through hiking. Yeah, absolutely. Makes me want to go hiking. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So for people listening, whereabouts could they go to see your adventures and watch some of these hiking videos that you're creating? Um, Yeah, so I just, everything sort of like my social media on YouTube and Instagram and that is just all Kate Grarock, which is G-R-A-R-O-C-K. I've sort of got two main categories I guess of videos that I put up in playlists there's like the actual hikes and then there's sort of like the to-do gear stuff so depending on what sort of avenue you're interested in yeah check out my YouTube if you're keen that'll be amazing and yeah please share it with a friend if you if you find it useful yeah absolutely we'll put some links down in the show notes below Kate thank you so much for your time and for coming on It's a Wild Life thanks heaps for having me on I really appreciate just you know spreading the nature message and yeah I hope everyone can go for a walk on the weekend and thank you for joining us for another episode of It's a Wild Life if you've been inspired by our discussion or have something to share 
please get in touch, leave us a review or share the love with your network. We'll chat soon.